The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Wolf and Bull podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Daremore Media, the Wolf and Bull, or its affiliates. The Wolf and Bull podcast is not responsible and does not verify the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast is for expressive listening entertainment. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Wolf and Bull Podcast. I am the Wolf. And with me today, I have the... The Bull is in town. Dude, you're getting so you were getting so good at introducing yourself. I'm I'm so proud of you. Did it's, you like it, the half horns? I don't even you can see them on. There we go. Yeah, you, you probably can. I'll I'll put them on your head for like after and post. Um, and we have another episode for you today that's actually extra special. Uh, before we jump into it, if you happen to like the content that you saw today, if you happen to want any more of our content, you can find us on Instagram at the Wolf and Bull. You can also find us on YouTube and on Rumble at the Wolf and Bull. Um, but we have a special episode today. Again, joining us in the not in the studio, kind of pseudo studio, uh, is, you know, for episode 81 is Coach Jordan Riding. He is the founder and owner of Steel Body Fitness and Mind Body Spirit Academy, an ACE certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. God, I can't speak today. Uh, <laughs> welcome again to the show, Coach Jordan Riding. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Wolf. <laughs> You know what it is? You know, it's so funny about doing all this is it's like you, you go through introductions and your brain's trying to come up with different ways to say something that sounds and flows well. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. You know, I don't know if you guys ever have that. Never. Oh, not, not a I single time have I ever done that. Yeah. <laughs> the bowl's perfect. <laughs> so Jordan, how you been? Good. They've been doing great. Yeah. Just enjoyed a awesome uh, week, week or two with family here for the holidays and now we got a quiet house. So yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes going from chaos to quiet is like you, you look around and go, oh, I got used to that. What what am I going to do? And then you realize, oh, I can sleep again. <laughs> <laughs> Hear all the echoes. The house is creaking. You think someone's breaking in all that jazz. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. Well, I know that we're in the brand new year. Obviously, the holidays are over. Jordan, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Do you even, in, even engage in that? So funny thing is, I constantly am doing something throughout the year. And when it comes to New Year's, I'm still doing that thing. Um, and it's kind of like when it comes to you know, being an entrepreneur and having my own business, I kind of started that in 2019. And every New Year's, I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm working on something. I don't need to start anything new. Mm -hmm. um, that same kind of mindset is what I used when I was looking at like my fitness journey as well at a certain point i was like i'm just gonna keep seeing how far this can take me uh and so like and maybe you can relate to this too uh when with college like university took more than one year so mm. it doesn't matter yeah um about a new year's resolution i'm just like all right i'm just gonna finish what i started essentially yeah. um and you know it took me five years to finish that and you know at this part of my business i've been in three years and it comes to health and fitness i mean I've been doing it professionally for almost nine years and then just as my own hobby for, you know, a long time. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. No, that makes a, a lot of sense. Unfortunately, with college now, it's uh, it's more, more than five years of indentured servitude. It's like a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think it's interesting. I think we're gonna have a good episode today. Uh, we're we're touching on a few different things. Uh, obviously, New Year's resolutions being one of them for the audience and the viewers. Um, uh, obviously, we're gonna touch a little bit on some other instances. But uh, you know, Coach Jordan, you made a really good point. I think that consistency, because that was, I, I think that's kind of the the message from that is really the most important aspect of all of this. Cause we can talk about goals. We can talk about all these different variances of changing your life, but if you're not consistent with something and it doesn't become a habit, then it's going to become harder and harder to make any impactful change. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Uh, there's a good quote that I don't know who said it, but it's, you know, a lot of people, or maybe I think it was probably Bill Gates. But anyways, it's still a good quote. <laughs> um, it was, you know, people underestimate, or overestimate what they can do in one year, underestimate what they can do in five to 10, right? Mm. So, yeah, that, that's, that's a real good point. I, You know, it's funny you had mentioned you, you kind of are a, the type of person that just says, hey, I've got something that's a little longer term and I'm just going to continue it. That's, at least that's what I got from your message yeah. just there. And I think my bet is that that is not the majority um, viewpoint of individuals. And that's why people kind of hang their hat on kind of um, – road road signs if you will you know there's a there's a birthday there's an anniversary there's a new year starting and it kind of gives people the ability to say either recalibrate their goals or come up with something new entirely and and give themselves a incentive to jump off into a new venture that's at least the way i view it that's good. That's good. Well, before we jump too far into the nitty-gritty, i think i will jump into the monologue. That works for you guys. Does it work? Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Diet culture, fat acceptance. Both these systems of belief focus on the same things, subjective and often extreme relationships with health and food. You may disagree with me. How can something like diet culture or fat acceptance be subjective? They're both literal movements because they're both indications of a deeper problem, self-image. The new year is here, and according to a 2018 Finder.com survey, 6.3% of Americans spent an estimated $1.8 billion on gym memberships, only to never use them. The International Health Raquette and Sports Club Association reported that due to New Year's resolutions, gym memberships increased around 12.1% in January, the most obvious and highest rise of each year. In an article published by Hustle in 2019, 63% of memberships go completely unused, 82% of gym members go to the gym less than one once per week, and 22% completely stop going after six months. The United States, and arguably the world, has never been more out of shape. Data from the General Social Survey from last year, which has measured American happiness since 1972, based on the share of Americans say that they're very happy or not too happy, has American happiness ranked at an all-time low. According to that poll, Americans are more likely to say they're not happy than to say they're actually happy in the wealthiest time in human history, and arguably in one of the best countries to live in at this time. So what's the issue here? Are things really that bad? We're more unhappy than we've ever been. We're un as unhealthy as we've ever been, and we seemingly have no end in sight in that area. Now, this episode's not meant to be a downer. It's meant to be a reality check, providing a path to realistic, measurable, and consistent success in an area that should be important to everyone, their health. 
That's why we've brought on Coach, Coach Jordan Riding to discuss personal image, body image, because in my personal opinion, they go hand in hand, the misconceptions surrounding New Year's resolutions, and how in 2023 you can make a better change for yourself and become a healthy version of a healthier version of yourself. I am having aneurysms all day today. Is yeah, what that worked seems out to be the just case. perfect, uh, actually. Just, the timing with the music and all that. Yeah, oh, that was really yeah. very well. Uh, so, so we're using some new technology no, in the studio, Jordan. No, you just Jordan. memorized the whole thing. I memorized the entire thing off the bat. Um, yeah. And I'm getting used to using the technology. So that's the, the struggle we have here in 2023. But I think it's going well. I think it's doing a lot better than me just looking down at a piece of paper the entire time. So. Yeah. Ah, progressions, progressions. Eventually, so. artificial intelligence will take care of everything for you. So I saw this video. So <laughs> off topic. Actually. Very strange. Very strange. I saw this video um, where apparently there's an AI technology that models your face and makes it like look like you're looking at the camera while you're looking at the computer. And it's like impossible to tell. Like, well, I'm not strange. even sure this is the real wolf today. I, I'm kind of wondering about it. Just I'm hyped up on <laughs> uh, caffeine. caffeine. Yeah. Can you? Sh- yeah. What was that? Let me see that mug again. Let me see that. What was that? It's what in it's the tea. world is that? it's tea. Is it? That looks it's like tea. it's blinged out or something. I don't know. Oh, it's uh, yeah. It's it's the mugs that I got for Beowulf for Christmas, uh-huh. and now I use them exclusively because that's how presents work in marriages. As time goes on, really? you get something for one, and then eventually you both start using it. Uh, yeah. So understood. Understood. Yeah. Stay yeah. away from the clothes part of that. Although. Okay. Oh, come on. It's 2023. <laughs> yeah. What am I saying? What am I saying? In, 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 you know what's interesting about your monologue? I wanted just to jump in for a second because you you, you hung that monologue around uh, the term happiness. And I think that's that really uh, is the baseline for what we're going to talk about today as far as self-image, as far as New Year's resolutions, as far as getting and staying in shape, as far as that whole body image kind of thing. And and I always, I often wonder, and I wanted to get you guys' takes on this, because happiness is such a, at least in today's society, I view it as such a comparative thing, right? You know, you, you know using the gym as an, an analogy, you, you walk into a, a typical local gym, and probably the people that need it the most are kind of set back on their heels with their own view of themselves because around them are, you know, guys and girls in great shape doing all kinds of athletic things that they may never be able to do properly or without a lot of instruction. That's one of the reasons I think what what you do, Jordan, is kind of, you know, really an important element to people that are really looking to change. Mm -hmm. Instead of just trying to use their own ability to pay a membership and think somehow that walking in that door is going to make them happy, They've got to focus on themselves first and ignore what's going around. Yeah. No, definitely. I was actually having that same thought before hopping on here with you guys. Um, and I have this all the time with, because I coach more than one person at a time, obviously. Uh, and so everyone's got their own journeys. And I've definitely ran into situations where person A lost, you know, X amount of weight, feels I super happy about it. And then person B loses X amount, a little bit more weight in the same time. And then now person A feels worse about themselves just because they're comparing. But in reality, they're both doing well. Um, And they're completely different bodies too, to begin with. So it's not even a even comparison. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really hard. I mean, from my experience, like uh, obviously 
I have not been going to the gym as long as some people that I see at the gym. Because some people, you look at them, you're like, geez, man, are you coming out of the womb lifting weights? Um, um, <laughs> it's just 315 bench. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you know, like that type of stuff. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I've you know, been going for consistently like three to five days a week for like the last two, two and a half years. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've seen some significant changes obviously before that i was in sports and stuff like that but i did notice that like going back to the gym when you're not like in an environment like high school or college where it's like there's classes that you go with people who have intent to go to those things you really have to just not care about what people think um because most of the time unless i see someone who's like doing some wild like wild workouts um most of the time i'm in i'm in a zone and i think that's the case for most people and what i've noticed in my experience is when you know people who are trying to get healthier because that's what it is 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 they're they're attempting to get healthier and there's obviously a lot more to health there's than just going to the gym there's eating and there's you know perception and self-image but what i've noticed is that there's this immediate comparison that people have upon walking in and it's it's i feel like that sets so many people like so many people like steps maybe even like yards hundreds of yards backwards from where they should start because of that type of stuff yeah yeah i uh, so jordan well, go ahead me just interject if i can because i i kind of <clears throat> differ from what you said on on a piece of that wolf i mean you're a lone wolf so i understand you put the hoodie on and you're in the zone and you got your earphones on and and it's it's all about you and what you're trying to accomplish and that's great and that's kind of where you want people to get to i think mm-hmm. at least in part well, I had a psychopath uh, I, moment the other day where I didn't have my headphones, so I worked out listening well, I've seen to gym your music. Psychopath moment, so I know. Uh, I know it was weird like. <laughs> working out to gym music was strange, but anyway, sorry. But, to but I think honestly, for most part, because I, I try, I go into those things and kind of look around and observe a lot myself. And I'm I'm old enough where I don't really care what anybody thinks of me anymore, so that doesn't bother <laughs> me. But I notice most people are either kind of glancing around them all the time, looking at what's going on trying to figure out where they fit in, trying to, honestly, I think it's almost as much about acceptance than it is about really doing what they need for their own personal well-being. Mm. And I, I think the, the the big places know that, and that's why they their subscriptions are, uh, you know, 300% of what actually goes in there or whatever the number is. I don't know. And yeah, I think it's, it's much better to work on your head first or at the same time as you're working on your body. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that that's definitely, definitely true. Uh, but Jordan, you know, you work with a ton of different people, um, obviously with the new year recently behind us. Do you think that resolutions um, like get healthy or get in shape, do you think they positively or negatively impact, you know, our personal self-image and body image? Uh, so, I mean, I've seen people really benefit from New Year's resolutions. Uh, however, it's kind of like, I guess the way that I mentioned it in the beginning is like they sent that re- resolution one time and they kept running with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the people that are hurt by new year's resolutions are the ones that every year set new resolutions that have nothing to do with what they're working on the year prior. Um, because they totally crash and burned the year prior and gave up on it and are now running away from that and are trying something mm-hmm. different. Um, so it really, I guess, depends on the view you take of New Year's resolutions. Um, and I've worked with some, you know, very successful business people who are clients of mine. Uh, and they do set, you know, New Year's resolutions. And they actually have this ritual of every year they would take a week off the first year of, like, the first week of the year uh, <coughs> and not do any work and just think 
and write down the things and reflect on what they did well or what they like, accomplished last year and what they're willing to, you know, sacrifice in the new year to move forward on their goals. Uh, and I think that's a, a great um, strategy or something that a ritual that someone can do every year. Um, but it's not typically what we see probably the average person try and do. The average person, I think, thinks like, well, um, you know, why not? try and get fit or, you know, I guess it's time to dust off my rent. Like it's, it's very impulsive. I think the average um, new year's resolution is very like, I want this thing. So I'm going to go get it because it's the new year's um, without really giving much thought planning strategy or reflection internally about what that actually means. It's also marketed that way, right? Yeah, yeah. it is. You know, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that that makes a, a whole ton of sense. So you're you're basically talking about like a, like a meditation on on a goal that's set for yourself, rather than just saying, "Yeah, I'm going to do this flippantly," um, which I think it totally makes sense. And interestingly, on that the the individuals that you mentioned that your clients are business owners or business people, um, that week off, uh, that week of time, like meditating, I feel like would have a really significant impact on whether or not you accept a goal or choose to put it by the wayside. Yeah, I mean, just really thinking something through to the end before doing it. Um, I think a lot of times people just, this is where these crazy diets like Optivia and and some of the other ones like Metafast in the past are so unhealthy and people just jump into them. I'm like, what were you thinking when you decided to eat 800 to 1200 calories a day for like the foreseeable future? Like, yeah. or what were you thinking when you decided to give up all whole foods except for salads? Like, <laughs> you know, like it just doesn't make sense. Um, I see a lot of people who have a lot of different side effects from trying just crazy diet trends without really thinking through like what could possibly happen and why would they be wanting to do this. Um, and I've heard many times people tell me, well, I don't care. I'll figure that out later. I just want to lose this weight. Right. And they'll be like, and they're talking about their health or they're talking about building muscle. They're talking about all these other things that you kind of should go hand in hand. And they're like, I'm going to separate all that and just focus on losing weight at all costs. And typically it doesn't work and it creates this just really bad relationship with food, with their own self and their body and their ability to follow through on their commitments to themselves as well. I would assume yeah. it, would it would create a big pendulum effect as well because, uh, you know, the body mm -hmm. is, is kind of smarter than that. You know, yeah. if you, if you treat it bad, it will say, start saying, okay, if you're going to do that to me, I'm going to store this energy as fat somewhere else, or I'm going to come back with a vengeance and really pack it up. I mean, I, you know, in, in my, in my personal life, I haven't had huge swings in weight, but I can, I can see that because, you know, I'm, I'm like a lot of people, you know, most people I think want some, some type of immediate gratification. Well, this is not one of those areas that you can do that. And unfortunately it takes a lot of time for you to get significantly overweight. And, and if you're looking in the mirror all the time and judging it by the incremental difference you are day to day, you're misjudging it. It's yeah. wait till somebody takes a picture of you a year ago and now, and then you go, holy mackerel, what happened to me? Yeah. And, well, I think that can work yeah. both ways too. You know, Absolutely. like someone who's, who's losing weight as opposed to someone who's gaining weight. And I think both of them, and I, this is my personal opinion. So, you know, obviously this is just me, but I think both of them take, I think both of them in different ways take an equal amount of effort. Uh, I think that it, cause it, it, there's a thin line, you know, like it's, it's really, and obviously I'm not preaching from a perspective of perfect health. Um, like I, 
don't count calories. Like I don't, uh, I, I, I try to have a high protein diet, uh, a lot of, a lot of meats, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, veggies, um, stay away from uh, a carb overload and stuff like that. But I don't deprive myself of an in and out burger at like 11 every once in a while, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a good, it's a decent thing. You don't want to hate your life food wise. Um, and you know, Jordan, personally, I think this would be interesting to ask you, um, you know, from your perspective, obviously, you know, you know, being a, being a coach, being a personal trainer, having all this insight in the health area, when it comes to your personal life, making healthier choices, um, not only with food, but, you know, for your mind and in some instances like spirit, how do you think that that's impacted you over time? Um, so essentially if I can rephrase your question, you're asking like, what are the things that I've done for my own self Mm -hmm. that help keep me just consistent with my journey? Yeah. And how, how do you think like when there was a time where you weren't doing those things, like how do you think it's impacted you over time? Um, so I guess, (laughs) Things have shifted a lot as mm-hmm. different seasons of my life. Um, and I've kind of had a lot of different aha moments uh, looking back, right? Where I'm like, oh, okay, well, like the fact that I even talk about seasons of life is something that I never thought about like, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a season of life when I was super active, young kid doing tons of sports, right? Uh, I could pretty much eat whatever I wanted to eat and and it wouldn't stick to me. Um, There was a season of life when I figured out because I got into a sport that required me to weigh a certain amount and to be strong at that weight that had to be more strategic with what I was eating. Um, And if I was not in that sport, maybe it would have been considered an eating disorder. But my doctor assured me, you're doing this for wrestling, so therefore it's okay. Um, (laughs) I had the I had the. The, I actually asked my doctor, I was like, so this is like what I'm doing. Is that normal? Is that okay? I'm like, she's like, you're doing it for a sport. If you're not doing the sport, would you do it? I'm like, no. And she's like, it's fine. Um, I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> and, you know, in college, I, you know, definitely was, was in a season of, I still cared about my health and fitness, stuff like that. But I also justified drinking a lot more, um, sacrifice Same. sleep to try and get ahead, like mm-hmm. focusing on, you know, I worked full time, I went to school full time, I partied and I worked out. And so I slept like four hours a night, you know? Um, so that was probably the least healthy I've ever been, um, was in college. And the funny thing is like, I was studying, um, kinesiology and psychology and like, <laughs> pursuing, you know, a career in the health and fitness wellness space. But at the same time, that was the least healthy I'd ever been. And cause I had kind of fallen into that mindset where I've seen other people and I've helped other people coach people with, with the justifying the ends, the means like, um, this is only for until I finish this. And once I finish this, I'm going to go back to whatever. Right? right. Um, and it just, I realized towards the end of my college career, like after, um, and that's the reason why I took five years instead of four, was because at a certain point in my third year in college, I was like, it doesn't matter when I finish, I just need to finish. And I kind of had that shift of like, I'm going to slow down my pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I no longer felt like that peer pressure of drinking. I was like, cool, I could have one beer and I'm just going to drive, right? Um, and not the whole like, needed to line up a driver beforehand because there was no way I was going to be able to, you know, (laughs) I I used to drink heavily. So I definitely 
changed that somewhere in, down the road in college. And since then, um, it's, you know, had a, like a different season of life. But, you know, there's obviously there's a time when I was probably super strict with my eating habits to the point where maybe it was like borderline orthorexic. But I also snapped out of that pretty quick and went into the other extreme with like college binge drinking, you know, party hard, play hard. And then now I'm kind of more leveled out. Um, and I've probably been more leveled out since like 24-ish to now 30. Um, and it's now looking at just, you know, fitness is awesome. But what does it allow me to do? It's not my entire life. Um, and there's these things where like, man, during COVID, I don't think I, I didn't drink any alcohol during COVID. Because well, I, kept, no I single-handedly reason. kept Corona alive in that time. Yeah, I was <laughs> the only person buying Corona, corona beer. Corona, right? Corona, just for, for the, yeah. for the lols and f- because they needed my help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for me, it was like always a social thing. So when mm-hmm. society kind of like said, you know, stay indoors and stay away, I was like, okay, there's no reason to drink anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's different though, right? When it comes to that. And so it is the different season of life I've been through. And now it comes to a point where I allow myself, like I had a cinnamon roll this morning. Cool. It's winter. Like I'm going to have a cinnamon roll. Um, I had a Guinness on Christmas, mm. um, you know, with my dad and, you know, I have the things that I like and I have them kind of seasonally. I, th- I think of like Christmas as a time to have Guinness and cinnamon rolls. Spiked eggnog. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like for Just me, I don't really like eggnog. So I'm like, I'm going to pick something oh, I like. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You, can't, you know? oh. you can't have Christmas without some nog, man. Yeah. And that's the end of the show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, I'm addicted to eggnog and thank the eggnog and gingerbread cookies. Thank God. Like they are only sold during a period of the year where, uh, it is super cold out because I, uh, if left to my own devices, the entire cabinet, the entire fridge will be stocked with eggnog and gingerbread cookies, um, which is not a healthy diet. Um, actually, you know what? I can make it work, (laughs) but, uh, no, I, 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 yeah, I was in that same, in a lot of ways I was in that same kind of, I don't want to say it's a funk, but it's kind of like a rite of passage, I think, uh, for a lot of, uh, American men and women. Um, just see you youngsters are talking about these, these brief moments as if they're seasons, just wait. (laughs) <laughs> oh, they're not seasons for everyone. No, believe I, me, believe me. They're you know, not seasons you know for everyone. What's interesting, Jordan, about what you said and, and what you do for a living is a couple of things probably occurred to you. Number one, when you graduated, you're like, I better like do some of what I'm going to be preaching, right? Mm-hmm. And that was probably part of it. And, and the other was, you know what? Having gone through these different, you know, elements of your life, you can associate. You can you can understand where your clients are coming from. And that's huge. That is a yeah. huge part of, I would think your success in this. Yeah. I mean, being able to, I think not judging people. Um, mm. And I, I never thought that before as a strength of mine, but then after being on Instagram consistently for a few years, I'm like, wow. Um, it's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of judgment on um, that people cast on themselves on other people Mm -hmm. um and you can't really help someone if you're yelling at them arguing with them or not hearing them at all uh and that's kind of what we see this debate on body image and the different you know think that like you guys said the new year's and the way that's marketed and 
you know, the covers on Sports Illustrated and stuff like that and the response that those get. Um, there's a lot of yelling and a lot of not listening. And of course, everyone comes from a different um, background and history. So it's, you know, there's, there's a lot going on and I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to this a little bit, but there's a lot going on these days because we're continually flooded with messages, <laughs> you know, some that you can ingest and take on as good messages, some bad, and you can debate one versus another. And I've got my opinions on a lot of these, but there's a lot going on right now, of course, in, in marketing to, from one point of view, allow better acceptance of different body image, you know, mm-hmm. kind of conceptions. Um, in the other argument, of course, is that it's, it's too far because it's promoting a less healthy, um, kind of disposition. And I, I, you know, that, that's a sensitive subject and I'm not even sure where I come down on that, but I was wondering what your thoughts were along those lines. So for me personally, what I've kind of decided or what I think makes the most sense is stop judging a book by the cover kind of thing. Um, so let's forget about the way someone might look and let's just look at their behaviors and are those healthy? Are they happy with those behaviors? Are they giving them the results that they want in life or are they detrimental? Um, and so when it comes to obesity, typically that tends to be something that's caused by behaviors, lifestyle changes that, you know, heart disease is one in five deaths in America and it's very lifestyle dependent as well. If you just exercise more, uh, there's a lot of things when it comes to health uh, that comes down to our behaviors. Um, and I know they're being classified as diseases, like obesity is being classified as a disease, which causes people to think, Oh, there's nothing I can do about it. So I better get some medicine for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, reality though, it's something that very much is in your control. Um, and so if you look at like eating tons of processed food, um, or overeating in general, or not having a good sleep wake cycle, how does that affect you mentally? I know for me, having gone through a season of life where I was drinking way too much and not sleeping enough, um, I was not, I was stressed out a lot during that time period. Um, which, you know, that's why when people started saying during COVID, um, oh, I'm going to drink more because of my mental health. I'm like, I just like, that makes zero sense. It's going to make <laughs> <Yeah>. it worse, <laughs> you know? Um, and so there's a lot of these things that, you know, we look at the behaviors Look at how that affects someone. Um, even if we were not not change their body size and shape, but if we were to improve the way they ate, improve their sleep wake cycle, um, improved their hydration level, got them to move their bodies more, they would feel better immediately. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if your body is completely a different size or shape or not, you would feel better. I think um, that's a great way to look at that. I really yeah, do. it is behaviors first. Yeah. Because, the, you know, the results in how you feel about yourself and h- how you're viewed in the kind of the baseline averages that you see out there as far as things like obesity and, you know, um, heart disease and, you know, diabetes and all those kinds of things that are all classified as diseases. But they're commensurate with people's um, decision making to get up to that point, mm-hmm. which means they're in some way, shape or form reversible based on new decision-making. 
That's kind of the way I look at it, at least. Not that I adhere to that all the time. There's plenty that I do that that I need to change. But me, for instance, me, I want two cinnamon rolls instead of one. Forget that one cinnamon roll thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's interesting, because I brought up the, the diet culture and the fat acceptance or acceptance in every way to probably change the adjust that um i brought those up for a reason because i feel or i think that society especially from a marketing perspective pushes these things that so i was reading about like acceptance and we're going to get into like personal image self-image and identity and all that stuff um but i was reading about these things and consistently across the board from various medical journals and various articles they always talk about how you need to accept you know, how you look and what you look like. Um, and you need to, you know, treat yourself healthier and all that jazz. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, if you don't do anything actively to help your endorphins in your body to actually exercise, to, to do those things, then asking you to just accept things just kind of seems like a, uh, I, w- I wouldn't say insurmountable, but kind of like a, like half of the equation right because if you if you go to the gym or if you eat healthier if you make healthier choices get more sleep you do these things that are for you you're accepting that your health is the most important thing not how you look um and i think that it's just interesting that instead of saying guys everybody rather than caring about how you look because everyone is a everyone's beautiful in different ways i mean the the generalized version of beauty there is a standard but with that being said it's not like everyone who isn't within that standard doesn't have a beauty facet to who they are be it individually personally or how they look so when it comes to these requirements or these suggestions i just feel like it it seems like just like with our last episode talking about like um you know, eating and sugar and how we should approach things. It seems like the, not, not only the medical industry, but the just generalized organizations as a whole, like intentionally miss the actual problem. I mean, is that, is that making, is that making any sense? Cause I feel like that's kind yeah. of what the issue is. Um, from like the medical standpoint, like Western medicine, I feel like we just squirt, like skirt around the issue. It's, issue is, and there's different, things that I've heard from different organizations um, and doctors, even when it comes to why they do that. Uh, and it's, you know, one of the things I heard during COVID time was it's too late to get people healthy. We need medicines and things like that. Right. Cause like diet and lifestyle wow. takes a long time. So it's too late for that. We're in an emergency situation. Let's give up on that. Let's look at these different avenues. Um, and so the problem with that is that like, okay, now it's been three years. If we would have started, then uh, it like your life would be totally different now, like health wise. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's where I think a lot of times people make that um, just decision because it does take a little while, right. Mm-hmm. It takes more than a year for most people to really transform their health. Uh, then it's something that like, well, I'm just not going to do it right now. Cause this pill here, um, the doctor said I can take this one thing you know, and that's going to make a difference and I can do that and that's easy. Um, the problem is though that those don't actually solve the issues and depending no. on what pill you're getting from your doctor, it makes the issue worse. Yeah. Um, especially like weight loss pills. I mean, the way they work is by making you not want to eat as much because you just don't feel hungry anymore. But then the moment you go off that pill, you no longer have that or you're going to stay on that pill forever. And then also to like the metabolic effects that has of you just constantly not eating a lot. Well, most of those things great. are probably diuretic in nature anyway because they want to give you a fast return 
to make you believe that it's working, correct? It'll be a fast yeah. something. Those are the way that a lot of the diet industry works with like detox diets. Yeah. Um, you know, like try this detox diet or try this tea or um, like over, the over the counter like diet mm-hmm. pills. Definitely. Yeah. Let me ask diet. you, Jordan, though, because you, you mentioned the medical industry there and, and I, I kind of, over the last 10 years, maybe I've kind of always, I've kind of been viewing it as there's kind of two industries that sometimes they cross over each other, but mostly they're opposed to one another. One is the sickness industry, which is dominated by except who I am and all the things I've done now, I'm going to just keep on doing, I'm going to keep sticking my face in a bag of chips every day. And, but you got a pill for me to address what that's done to me. That's the sickness industry. You know, you're going to get sick. You're going to be sick. We're going to adjust to the symptoms that you created or help to create yourself, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's the wellness industry that says, okay, we can accept where you're at now, but you also need to accept your responsibility in that and try to start doing something toward that and ranking as the wolf said a minute ago, ranking your priority, putting your health on one of the top rungs of, of your list of priorities on a daily basis in those two industries collide all the time. And I, I don't know the answer to that. I think that, you know, from, I think there's a, a benefit to both in different ways, but all the real money goes into one of those two and you know, which one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's one of those things where if you get someone who's just, they're like, cause I've definitely talked to people like this. They're like, they don't care if they're going to die early. They don't, they enjoy their life the way it is. They're going to take their pills and it is what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's usually those people will smoke cigarettes too. <laughs> like yeah. they just don't care. Um, you know, this is the way they've done it and they're going to keep doing it that way. But I would say that's a, an outlier. Not most people are probably like that. Um, and those people though, definitely like, at least we have the pills for them to help them live a little bit longer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a good amount of people who are not those people who actually are want to change. Um, but they, you, they get bombarded by like that stuff of they don't need to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, they don't need to change. There's medicine. Um, and then lately in the last few years, I feel like, um, if you want to change now, it's frowned upon by certain um, voices out there right now. Um, and it's funny, like for speaking with you guys, I was reading an article. I was just like, yeah, this article took a lot of weird turns to the point where the, the article is saying that if you want to change, aka lose weight in the new year, that you're fat phobic. Um, you know, so it's Ugh. like... And you're fat shaming, you know, There's, and, you know, you saw that with, uh, I think it was Adele. Adele. Adele yeah. Adele yeah. Lost weight, yep. And she got, um, like picked on essentially because she lost weight because of like, what's the message she's sending to other women who are overweight that looked up to her. Right. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I know what the message is. You can do it too. That's the yeah. message. Well, uh, the and message, what's interesting, right? what I think is just so interesting about all this is it's, I think it's very similar. And I don't, and, Paul, I don't know if, I don't know if you could attest to this. Um, cause this is, again, we keep going back. This is before me. Um, <laughs> the tobacco industry, I'm sure there was demonization amongst individuals in culture and society who were like, no, nah, I don't want to smoke. I feel like the same thing's happening within the food industry today. Um, you can look at like someone like Tess Holiday, who's famous for 
And one big reason, uh, pun intended, um, herself, uh, but also in a lot of ways, uh, she's fam- I mean, she's famous specifically for that, but also for doing, you know, the the uh, the, the body positivity thing. Um, and, and I don't necessarily think there's a negative thing about being positive about how you look, but it's it's almost like an it's almost like a, a bragging right now. And I, there are so many psychological issues associated with that. It's hard to to really even express because it's like it's like talking to some like like jordan you mentioned you know someone who's like a chronic smoker and just has no no will to to keep going that because that's basically what someone is 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 advertently saying if they look at you and they say i don't want to stop i'm going to keep doing this till i die that's basically what they're saying in one way or another um now there's a lot of issues surrounding stuff like that there's a lot of probably trauma family history all that jazz but I, i just look at all this and i'm like this all comes back to people's perception of, I think the value of human beings around them. Cause I think that that influences how you view yourself. If you view people around you as being valuable, just generally like worth your time, worth talking to, worth speaking to, um, worth listening to, then you're going to view yourself that way. Um, and I really think that it's, it's reflective and indicative of that type of negative thinking. When you have a group of individuals who, just will absolutely refute not even advice but but like a observation it's not even really critique it's just like we want you around <laughs> you know like it like it, that's the kind of that's how i see it is like we want you to stay and be around so make some changes you know well, i think there's a lot of things in life that you, you observe others around you and of course we never observe these things in ourselves as much as we should because that's kind of it's it's too dangerous to look in the mirror that long sometimes psychologically for for most mm-hmm. folks i think but we look at people around us all the time and i don't i don't think poorly of any of these people necessarily i don't think most people do i mm-hmm. i think it comes down to maybe partly what you just said wolf and you know we'd like you around longer and but we could wish no matter what we think of you as a person or how much we accept you that doesn't mean we don't want better for you yeah i, I in that better may there might be different definitions around that but in the case of what we're talking about uh, a healthier disposition is what we want better for someone I, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that and you shouldn't be demonized for wanting that for others you know you'd, you'd mentioned a minute ago the smoking industry and and there's that industry is uh, you know had and deservedly so been demonized over many many decades now um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't originally I mean, when I was growing up, it was starting to edge in a certain direction. But I used to, I used to watch football games on the weekend, and there was, you know, the Marlboro Man and Camel cigarettes and all this other stuff, and it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. I mean, we used to go down to the local store and buy candy all the time that was in the shape of a cigarette. You can still get those somewhere. Or yeah, like I had but, those as a kid too. They, I think yeah. they 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 didn't ban them, but they were kind of progressively gone. But, but everybody like everybody focuses teen. on those particular companies as if they did everything bad. But we, we often forget just like our our discussion last time, Jordan, these, these giant industries, it's regulatory capture. There's a circular lobbying kind of uh, thing that happens with governmental agencies and in how these things are perceived over time. And it's, it's a slow, slow to turn these boats around to a better position. And even even those uh, industry leaders at the time, I believe, ended up started owning 
they, they started moving away from tobacco into other foodstuffs like cereals and, and grains and things like that. It, amazingly. Mm-hmm. So that would not shock me. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Um, it's to the point where it's almost like you, you, you you just don't want to believe that it's true. Um, but let's jump into personal image. Uh, I think we, we should talk. We're already kind of touching on it. I think we should talk about it. Um, so for those who are listening who don't really know the differences between personal image, body image, self-image, uh, identity, self-concept, all this thing, there, there are differences. Um, so personal image is how you are perceived by others. Uh, basically, it's a set of variables that dictate how others view you. Um, now, I don't think we're going to talk too in-depth about it, um, just purely because it's it, we can't really control to, there's a point where we can control how people see us, but past that point, it's up to the other individuals. Um, but frankly, the only reason I bring it up today is I believe that your body image in many ways will dictate, in a lot of instances, your personal image and how others create that for you. Now, uh, it's also going to affect your self-image, in my opinion. Um, invariably, especially for how you view yourself, how you hold yourself accountable for certain things, the mental image you have of yourself. Um, And interestingly enough, a study presented by Sage Journals of 126 university students found that the first impressions are formed in less than one second. I'm sure many people have heard that before, but it's resolutely true in a lot of instances. Now for many, self-image refers to how we see ourselves on more of a global level, uh, both internally and externally. According to the Random House Dictionary, self-image is defined as the idea, conception, or mental image one has of oneself. Sourced from positivepsychology.com and the Mountain State Centers for Independent Living, self-image is also how you perceive yourself. It is a number of self-impressions that have been built up over time. These self-images can vary from positive, giving persons a confidence in their thoughts and actions, or negative, making a person doubtful of their capabilities and ideas. Now, on a side note, earlier I mentioned self-concept. Um, that is also different. That involves how you see yourself, think of yourself, and how you feel about self- yourself. There's also self-esteem, which is the overall sense of respect for ourselves and involves how favorably or unfavorably we feel about ourselves. And then all of this personally, in my opinion, invariably plays into our overall identity or the definitions that are created for and superimposed upon the self, according to Roy Baumeister, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, There's a significant amount of psychology behind this, um, but I think what's important to take from it is that a lot of this is all interconnected. Uh, you know, the, the self-image, the self-concept, the body image, the personal image, how you perceive yourself, all is going to affect your overall identity, your overall understanding of yourself, the overall impact that, you know, positive or negative, that you'll not only have upon yourself, but upon others by proxy when they view you. Now, when it comes to theories concerning the self, the earliest mentions came from psychologist Morris Rosenberg. In 1965, he wrote a book called Society and the Adolescent of Self-Image, which was the first to explore the concept while also providing the Rosenberg self-esteem scale. The book, according to PositivePsychology.com, has been peer-reviewed in publications over 35,000 times as of 2018, which I think is phenomenal. Uh, With that being said, though, I do think that a lot of this plays into maybe the negativity that we experience uh, socially in observing some of these movements. Because um, you know, on one side, you got that, that the uh, body acceptance movement, and the other side, you have you know, diet culture. And I, I think both of them are the facet of the same issue. Yeah, I think 
you saying that both of them are the, like the s- different sides of the same coin uh, yeah. makes a lot of sense when you look at like when I was in learning about the DSM and psychology and disordered ways of thinking um, and there what there is obesity and then there's like anorexia and they're classified as the same disordered relationship with food. Um, but they're just two different sides of the same coin. Um, and a lot of times because of that, someone who is obese and then decides to lose weight and gets really into it, they start then going the other direction and become anorexic or vice versa. Um, and we see this not in the hyper extremes. Usually, usually it's like yo-yo dieting. We see these crazy diets like Optivia exist or Weight Watchers even, um, taken a little too far and then going back to obesity and back and forth right and or losing and getting weight a lot um and it's all you know a lot of times this is like this idea for quantum control right so we're looking at um the personal image body image and we see that there's diet culture and this whole idea that hey people just need to you know it's again toxic in one direction then we have this equally toxic thing in the other direction um it's almost just kind of seems like human nature to have these two things and like they're both the problem, if that makes sense. You know, it's, it's funny because I I think that, you know, of those things that you mentioned, Wolf, the, the one that, that I always look at is kind of the starting point for conversation or conversion or acceptance or whatever word you want to put in there is the self-image part. Yeah. And because look, Everybody looks around them on any given day, walking down the street in a restaurant, out at a mall, whatever you want to do. And you're looking around and there are instantaneous judging books by the cover situations that occur from the inside out. So you got to assume that's happening the other way around all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if in today's society that part of your living is to be turned on all the time, then you're probably wearing some kind of mask, right? And yeah. the, the, the problem with that is that the mask that you're wearing is not, it's not produced from the inside out. It's produced from the outside in. It's a reflection of what you believe other people want to see you viewed as. Mm-hmm. It, it's, that's why it's called a mask. And so to me, the most important thing is always trying to figure out who you are yourself. Because if you can figure that out with all all your warts, all your problems, all your challenges, and you decide, okay, this is this is me, and here's the things I want to change, and here's the things I don't feel I can, and here's the things I just don't want to change. I want, mm-hmm. I you know, I want that donut, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Then, then that's the best starting place because then you're going to start to present to the world your true self. You yeah. know, I, I know that sounds like hyperbole, but that's that's kind of the way I think people have to think to start because. I, from a, a body image standpoint, from a, a health standpoint, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan, but it's got to be, you know, caloric intake, the overwhelming caloric intake has got to be based primarily on emotional eating. It's got to be, from my standpoint, at least. Yeah, I think what I've seen working with a uh, vast majority of clients, stress eating is huge. Um, stress plays a big part or big role in, in overeating. And then after that, it becomes just a learned behavior or go-to when self-soothing, you know, uh, for a lot of people. And it's socially acceptable for the most part. Um, 
you know, so if you're have a long day at work, I think it's somewhat socially like acceptable to have a glass of wine or a beer to wind down. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do that every single night, technically you're an alcoholic, um, but it's acceptable by society, you know? Um, so same thing goes with the, I think relationship with the food and, you know, if you're stress eating, um, we kind of just as a society have allowed like, all right, this is what everyone's kind of doing. So therefore it's okay. And the result is we have a lot of people who are, have a struggle with the relationship with food and, and overeating and have as a result, um, a different image of themselves too, than, mm. you know, as a re- it's, yeah. and that's where a lot of this, there's a, a hyper spiritual movement out there right now in a lot of different aspects to try and believe you're something that you're not. And then eventually you'll become that thing. Um, the problem is that if you try and do that, you just feel fake. Um, and the reality is we have to flip that and do the things first and then become that thing. Um, and so I think for a lot of people, it's like, Hey, like the acceptance movement sounds nice, but you, can you really accept yourself if you're not trying to change or trying to do the things to better yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'd say chemically you can't. I, I would yeah. say that I, I would say that there's there's so many chemicals in your brain working against you that unless you change through habitual intentional choices, like like so so I'll I'll I guess I, I'll give my background when it comes to, to the gym. So Beowulf was going for like maybe two years to Orange Theory, something I'm I'm not particularly a fan of, but she was going at that time. Uh, thankfully, she's not going anymore. Um, I'm not a huge fan of HIIT workouts purely because I think they cause over time, depending on what it is, it can be subject to uh, some sort of uh, injury, which eventually she experienced. But we'll, we'll dive into that at a, at a later time. With that being said, uh, she was going, and I was witnessing her doing her thing. Um, now, the re- reason I bring this up is because at that point in my life, two and a half three years ago um i was like super i wouldn't say i was depressed but i was like at a point where i just was not happy with how i felt i was not happy waking up i was not happy going to bed and i realized that if i didn't change anything i would be at the same point three or four five ten years from now um so i did what most logical people would do and i picked the most ungodly time to go to the gym uh 5 15 in the morning um and i did that st- for about six months straight, three to five days a week, depending on how I felt. And the first two weeks was absolute hell. I could barely move. But over time, it became something that became a habit for me. And then as I kind of realized I didn't have to go super early in the morning all the time, I kind of moved it to different times, just depending on availability. But if I didn't go, I felt strange. And I think the unfortunate part about a lot of this, because we, we brought up... Um, specifically we brought up you know uh, the the relationships with food and, and sticking to certain things and consistency um and the interpretations of how we view these things like i, th- I think a good representation is how people view like relationships because of of entities like disney like you're not always going to be in the happiest puppy dog love stage of a relationship. And sometimes things just like with working out, get repetitive. Sometimes they have these instances, you have to work at it. You have to be committed. You have to be, uh, under, you have to understand that there's a process. And, you know, Jordan, to your point with explaining, you know, your development over the years and, 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 you know, the founding of steel body fitness and your movement and how you think about these things, it's really indicative of how we should all be viewing something such as health or how we should, view change because it's not the same 
And sometimes when it becomes similar, you have to inject an intentional change within those things to see any results. Um, and I think that, you know, when it comes to body image and personal image, I think that if people are cognizant of that and are realistic with that, it, it becomes a little bit easier because not everyone starts at the same place and not everyone will get the same results. The only commonality is you have to be consistent with your intention. At least that's, that's how I see it. Uh, that makes, that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, this is a lifelong journey when it comes to health and fitness, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're someone right now who is, you know, not been caring about what you've been eating or has been emotional eating or is very overweight, uh, that's just a part of the journey and you can start down the next part of your journey at any moment, right? I think a lot of times people like to draw lines in the sand that don't exist um, and say like, that was the, the old me that doesn't exist anymore. Now is the new me. And say, no, that's still part of you. Um, And you're, you know, that's part of your journey. A lot of people will think like I fell off the wagon. So like that time doesn't count and now I'm back on the wagon. So start time again. It's like life doesn't work that way. Your bodies don't work that way. You know, it's for a season of time, you decided to put your health and fitness on the back burner and these are the results now that you got from that. Now it's time to really realize that's not the best way to live. Okay, now switch it, right? Um, I think a lot of times we just try and have like the, it's like it's all or, no, all or nothing approach to everything, yeah. all or nothing thinking, right? So, Yeah, I, it, it's it's funny because I, I don't know, like 20 minutes ago or something, Wolf, you, you were talking about putting something in priority. And then Jordan, you were talking about New Year's resolutions and kind of that. And then I said something about the jumping off point for people and how they use kind of, you know, kind of markers to create something. And I, I think maybe the, the, and this is just coming off the top of my head, but maybe one of the best things people can do to utilize these, these benchmark time periods in the calendar is not so much to create some new direction which oftentimes is just the scattergun approach to life. But it, it might be better just to take a look at the priorities you have in your life. And I think most people have, most people have health as a priority. It's just not ranked very high. Yeah. And maybe what people should do is they should look at their their list. And, and it's, a, it's a good exercise, by the way. And I'm old school, of course. I I. I don't type up my lists most of the time or start a spreadsheet, though I'm good at spreadsheets. You, you I, I chisel, do exactly that. I get, chisel I get them. yellow legal paper. I, I chisel it in stone, but, you know. I go up to Mount Sinai. I haven't seen any burning bushes in a while. So, <laughs> but, but that's that's the kind of thing. Not not the end. And, by the way, I don't chisel any of them into stone. You know, I, yeah. you guys have heard me say this before. It's put your goals in cement and your plans in sand because, mm. you know, you, your, your goals are really where you want to be. That's where you put your, your rankings and your priorities. But the plans to get there, life has a lot of circumstances that come your way. Mm. Not all of them you can control. And so you have to be able to plan and replan and recalibrate. And that's that's kind of the way I look at this. You know, I've had times in my life where being healthy and fit was way up at the top of that list and other times where I was like oh man I can't you know I got I got two babies that are that are screaming at night and 
my wife needs my help. And, you know, <laughs> I should be seeing some glazed look in Jordan's eye right now from something like that, probably. <laughs> but, He's uh, like, no. That never happens. <laughs> I broke my leg yesterday evening and I still did legs. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, so seasons change and yeah. so should your priorities. But one of the, the top few on that priority list should really truly be your health and fitness because half of the other season's ability to get things done you want to do or go places or be with people is based on that health. Well, it's, it's based on you. It. It, it's based on you. I mean, that's that's why it's like, I think so much of this is interconnected because, and obviously there's different personalities and there's different ways of communication and everybody's different. But But I do think that there's a commonality in that we all understand the concept of you, us, I, me. We all understand that. And when it comes to, making changes like you can't be a positive force in someone else's life you can't be a positive force generally if you yourself don't understand that you have to treat yourself like a positive force uh and i don't mean it like you have to become like a david goggins i mean god i heard a story about like i think it was a reel going around the other day he was talking about how when he was uh he was qualifying for the seals and i'm paraphrasing so don't quote me on this but he was qualifying for the seals and he had to run 100 miles and he broke both of his shins and had 20 miles to go so he just taped his shins and then finished <laughs> and he said my legs went numb and i'm just like if that guy who was at a point in his life where he was probably worse than most people will ever be physically mentally wherever he was at if he was at that point and he just decided to make a switch make a change and commit to it then when it comes to stuff that's smaller i feel like we can all progressively do it it just makes logical sense and you know when it comes to positive body image there are studies about this that are quite fascinating. Now, a 2015 study from the National Library of Medicine found that individuals with greater positive body image reported less depression, higher self-esteem, fewer unhealthy dieting behaviors, lower drive for muscularity, and greater intentions to protect their skin from UV exposure and damage. Now, gender, which is interesting. Uh, now, gender did not moderate these associations. Thus, connections between positive body image and health-related indicators were similar for men and women. So I, I think there's this instance where... I don't know. It's it's like a it's like when you're you're accepting a goal that you've set for yourself. At a certain point, you got to either choose to jump in the water or stay out. You just got to choose. And and I hate to say that because it makes it seem like all or nothing. I'm not trying to make it seem that way. I'm just merely implying that there's a point where you just have to either accept who you are and how you look and how you feel and choose to change it, or don't. I just think that that's an instance where you. Have I don't, maybe I'm wrong there, but I feel like for me, that's kind of how it worked for me. Either I was yeah. going to not make a change and feel the same way 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, which a lot of people do. There's nothing wrong with it. It's your life. With that being said, the alternative was to do something that was uncomfortable for me and make it a habit. So I eventually became comfortable. Um, it's not any easier. Like I still hate going to the gym. Like I, I'm not like a hell yeah, dude, let's go. And I'm going to like I'm not like doing any of that stuff like I, I purely go because I know it's good for my mental health and it's good for my physical health as a byproduct and on top of that I just feel better so it's it's I don't know like I don't I don't really relate with the the sweeping changes of either all or nothing when it comes to like the diet culture stuff like I I always see it as like a uh, the only all or nothing you have is with yourself and that's choosing 
you were not choosing you. Well, people you know? often think they're not making a choice. They're they're saying, I don't want to make that choice. Well, that's mm-hmm. making a choice too, right? Yeah. You know, not making yeah. a choice is choosing something that is, is probably not good for you almost always. Yeah. 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 Well, I think we should... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Indecision is a decision. And then also to, uh, you know, failure or, um, you know, not getting to where you want to be. Mm. Essentially, like, that loves indecision like if you just decide not to make a decision like you're going to get neither thing that you want mm-hmm. right if you're like i want two th- different things choose one or get none a lot of times mm-hmm. it's hard to, like yeah. um and when it comes to a lot of people you hear this false dichotomy of like oh well, i want i was he's like you know fat and happy and just go ahead and be happy why do i have to try and you know worry about my health and eating healthy and stuff like that um a lot of times, you know, people will, like you just mentioned, Cameron, uh, you know, you, when you're, you were not happy, not fo- mm-hmm. and then you started focusing on doing things that were hard and challenging yourself, and then it made you happier, um, even though it was not probably fun in, in the short term. No, it's um, terrible. You know, <laughs> so there's a, you know, this, a lot of false messaging out there that, Oh, if you're in the gym working out and trying to improve yourself, you're judging yourself, you're unhappy with yourself. So therefore you are doing this thing. And, you know, it's. That's an unfortunate view, too. Yeah, it really is. is. Self-help means you kind of have an understanding that life is a journey and you're always trying to improve something, aren't you? Yeah, you should be. I well, I think, think the I think the sad, sad part about it is that people utilize their emotions to dictate what their actions will be. And I'm not saying that, again, like, I don't want to try and paint this picture of, like, I have no emotions. And I, this was easy. It's, it's not <laughs> easy. Like, like it's not. It's very difficult. And, I mean, like, like a prime example is uh, I'm, I'm doing this new, uh, this new program where I'm, I'm trying to get stronger in some core workout areas. And I first day of the week is leg day, and it's not fun. And I was, I mean, the bull would attest to this. I was beat up for like a week and I, I have protein, I eat healthy and it's just, I was not feeling it. And so what I did is I went and obviously did the different areas of the body that don't involve doing squats. Um, and then, you know, I just was like, I'm still sore, but I'm going to go anyway. And I'm still sore, but I'm better. And, and I think the, the instances I didn't feel like doing it, but I did it anyway. Cause I knew at a certain point in time, if I chose not to do it, it was going to be harder to meet the goal that I have for myself. But don't you so, think, don't you think Wolf, that part of what you're talking about there is, is what throws, you know, the vast majority of people off in, a, in the wrong direction. And what I mean by that, and let me, mm. let me just kind of unpack that a little bit is that most people are so desiring of some kind of instantaneous result that that they 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 can't go through it's it's like i i joke with you about which day you're on all the time i have yeah. a fun time doing that you know which is funny yeah. i think it's hilarious <laughs> but yeah we're having uh left i'm doing uh, day, i'm doing elbow know? day exactly <laughs> so but but the 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 concept that people really miss in these kind of things is uh, well uh, i i don't know about you jordan but i know wolf and i have, have both read the book by jeff olson called the slight edge yeah, it's a, it's a self help book. It talks more about business than anything else, but it applies. And it's it's just talking about how most people don't understand the com the concept 
of little incremental steps just done repeatedly that over time create a vast difference between where you are now and where you want to be. Everybody wants to, to bridge that gap instantly. And it's, it's nearly impossible to do so. And the medical industry, or I should say the sickness industry, will tell you there's a pill that you can do that with, right? The mm-hmm. wellness industry, instructively, correctly, instructively, is telling you, you can bridge that gap, but it's actually going to take some effort to do so. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I, I agree that most people don't know those things. I, I would say it's probably an out of sight, out of mind instance. Because uh, all, all of us went to school. I mean, you don't learn algebra first day. You don't, you don't learn history first day. I mean, these are, these are incremental processes that I think a lot of us subconsciously have built inside of us. Just like, like we go back to the last episode, Jordan, when you were talking about relationship with food and people act as if they, they still have parents when they're, you know, older than 18 about their food. Like I can have this, like you can theoretically, you can eat whatever you want. And theoretically you can live life however you want to. Uh, With that being said, I think everyone, I think we, we, subconsciously understand that there's a process to things. I just think there's a lot of, um, in America specifically, I think there's a, a, maybe a permeation of cognitive dissonance when it comes to how things affect you individually. Um, I'm not trying to like lay blame. I think everyone experiences this in different ways. Like I think a lot of entertainment and media, um, like with, you know, the bowl to your point, um, with, with personal sat, like indulgence and immediate gratification, that is 100% true. But I also think we all inherently know it's not really. Well, there's, there's an intuition about this for sure. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about self-image and the masks we wear and the way people view us and all that kind of thing. I mean, the, they kind of, coincide right it, it, yeah pe- people want instant gratification because it's natural to want that who who doesn't want to win 500 million dollars in the mega millions or whatever it is right so honestly like, i don't know if, if i'd want to win play. that well you are who you are <laughs> hearing the, some of the stories hearing some of the stories though oh my god they're but, crazy yeah those stories i'm joking are, being facetious I, but. you know that we can go in a million different directions on this i i differ with you in in my belief and, and it's not that I don't believe people have lacked the capability of understanding it in this. I, mm. But your, your point about, you know, algebra is the same. How many people do you know that remember, use, or even understood algebra at the time you were studying it in high school? Very, Obviously very few. not a lot. How many people read a single book? After they get out of high school. So, so I looked this up, by the way. It's actually a lot more than you think, strangely enough. I okay. thought it was way what less. Is, what's the percent? Uh, it's, it's is, it, like is it double digits? I don't know. I want to say it's, it, it's know, like and people, 60%. People that read you know, 20-second blurbs on Instagram is doesn't count as reading a book, okay? It's just not the same. Yeah, um, I, no, yeah, no. Uh, 70, about 80. So... 80% of U.S. families did not buy or read a book last year. 70% of U.S. adults have not been. Okay. 57. Okay. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, so actually, I'm not yeah, saying that I, I want to yeah. be very clear. I am not saying that. Holy the, crap. The, 42% after college never read another book. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, it's okay. My so, okay. It's, it's okay. my point. Okay. This yeah. is, this is why it's, it's so important for people like Jordan to, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't know you well. I mean, you two know each other, but my, Huh? A couple interfaces <laughs> with, with Jordan tells me that he spends probably as much time on people's psychological behaviors as he does on on what they're ingesting. You know, they're, they're all tied together, but I, I 
That's what's missing. People need to to look at themselves and agree that they're okay yeah. and agree that there are things they need to do. And well, then they can move forward. So, well, Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. The what? Yeah, that's a healthy thing to do. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, though. It, it, I see, like, you and what you're, how you're approaching this. And I'm, I swear there's not brown stuff on my nose. How you're approaching this, I've, I, I think, is how like the medical field should approach most things. Like it's like a, I don't know. I don't remember the doctor's name from my 600 pound life, but he's like a, like a, like a interesting individual. And he's talking to these two ladies who are way, way past the point of health. And he didn't look like he was the embodiment of health either. Or for example, you know, Anthony Fauci, uh, my favorite politician. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just interesting. Like seeing those experts, and then observing them, and then you come across someone as yourself who's doing this firsthand, and it's like, okay, so Jordan seems to know more about this stuff than these individuals do because he's actually holding himself accountable over it. It's just funny. It's, it's like, because I think a lot of this has to do more with like mental uh, stuff on behalf of an individual, and actually, I don't want to say like psychology or therapy, but it sure as hell seems like it sometimes, um, than it does to actually putting you know, the process of learning how to bench press or learning how to eat something healthier. Uh, I feel like it has more to do with the mental aspect than it has to do with anything else. Yeah. Um, and so basically what the bull said earlier, like there's this idea of we should accept who you are now and then look mm -hmm. at the things you want to change. Um, it's taking a little bit of, so there's like this, like you said, the diet culture versus the positive body image kind of movement. Right. And one they're, they're very all or nothing. Um, but like they each have maybe some benefit, right? And then like you can take the healthy blend of the two. Um, because if you are overweight and want to change, it's not wrong to want to change that and become healthier. Um, also, at the same time, people shouldn't bully you because you're overweight. No, you know? not at all. Um, and that's where I think a lot of this but positive image movement to try to like idolize obesity as something that is not like as is, you know, on magazines and okay. And, and you should want to be obese kind of thing. Um, and to not be obese is fat phobic. Like this movement, I think very much started from, from all the articles I've read people I've talked to um, someone who was bullied because of their weight. Um, and then, you know, as a result, that's what they're seeing everywhere. So now when someone like Adele loses weight, uh, it's a threat, right? It's like, yeah. oh, wow, like Adele used to be on my team. Now she's not. Um, and, Which is kind of parasocial, if you think about it. Yeah. Parasocial relationship. Yeah. And it's like there's this pressure to for other people to just accept that, hey, this person is overweight and we're going to ignore the fact that they're not healthy. Like, that's not true. Like, it's just like, and I've seen it go that far to where people are just ignoring science. Like, okay, like, even though you have heart disease, like, you're healthy because, like, it's not obesity that's a problem. Um, it's very, you know, strange. Uh, but, yeah, it comes from this, I, like, I just, just, there's a lot of judgment out there and it creates this, you know, kind of just disordered way of thinking about um, self-image, body image, and wanting others to, look at something in a completely different way. That's not necessarily reality. I like the way you're, you're terming that with disordered way of thinking. 
Yeah, I really do. I think that's a, a very good way to to kind of um, put it into terms that that people can can look at it and say, okay, you have these different things you're thinking about all the time, and let's try to shift, put those in a different order, mm-hmm. and let's see what kind of results we can get for you in terms of your own personal well being, both mentally and physically, by putting them in a better order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it seems like you're putting things in the natural state of things, right? Because it's chaos versus order generally with anything. It's either everything's chaotic or there's order within the state of things or sometimes a mix of both, obviously. Um, But I I don't know. I just I, I think the thing that really confuses me about a lot of this bull is that it it's not like like humanity started yesterday. Right, like it's not like we 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 just started, uh, and maybe we get, we get more complicated is, though all the time. No, I don't think yes, we, I don't we think do. humans do. I think our I think humans our surrounding does, but humans everything. don't. No, no, I don't think we get more complicated. To your point, we complicate everything. But at the same time, I, like I mean, think about it. Like 50, 40, 50 years ago, like it, it's not like bullying was invented last year. Like, I, and I'm not to say that, like, it's not to say that, like, that's not impactful. Not say we should continue doing it. That's not what I'm saying. When, when I'm I saying was that growing up, if you if you got in a, a, a fight at recess, uh-huh. then you and sixty percent of all the kids are in the same boat. It was yeah. it was almost a freaking rite of passage. Well, and that's if, that's what know. I'm saying is like it, like I mean when when you grew up, they, they, they I read something earlier today that they had menthol, they had cigarettes that, that had asbestos in them. There's a period of time where they had that. I mean, it's no, they it, did. And well, it's or cocaine and Coca-Cola. Now, no, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying like I just feel like they're like in society. Like there was a point in time where it just seemed like we were. It's like the it's like the statement. Uh, um, good times uh, oh, create yeah. or hard times create. Uh, hard men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Hard times create. Uh, Strong man, I think was a term actually. So it's like it, it's oh yeah, hard man's a different, <laughs> a different uh, version. That's a uh, clip that out. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I don't know. It just seems like there's been such a shift um, in a lot of this stuff where it's like well, obviously food has impacted it, but I don't know. I just I, think I, it's look, just interesting. The, all these things we talk about, we only talk about because of the society we live in. I mean, the yeah. the, the basics in our life are taken care of. So we can start worrying about the things that aren't basic, mm. right? So if, if you lived in a in India, for the most part, you are not worrying about, I mean, you're worrying about getting food, not getting the right or wrong food, right? So it's, it's all about kind of where we're coming from and where we're at today. But that is what it is. And, yeah. if, and if we don't want to be the most obese country in the world, then we have to start looking at these things, right? Yeah, I, I I think we should. Um, I do also think we should jump briefly into New Year's resolutions. I know we touched on it earlier, but I think there's some interesting statistics um, about it that I like to bring up. So I don't necessarily think there's a problem with New Year's resolutions, but I do think there's some interesting numbers associated with whether they're impactful or not. And I'm not telling any of our viewers or listeners not to do them. With that being said, I think Jordan's picture earlier or pseudo suggestion is probably a better way to do it meditate on it think about it really choose to accept it or don't so according to reports from google and like accumulated by iquanti i think that's the way it's pronounced in 2019 the most common resolutions made in uh, the new year focus mainly on health and living life to 
its fullest, which both really seem incredibly broad. Um, according to an article from yahoo.com, while 77% of people who committed a new year's resolution stuck to it for at least a week, research conducted by the university of Scranton reveals that only 8% of people who make new year's resolutions will actually fulfill those goals in a timely fashion. If ever. Now there are many reasons for this and Jordan, I'm sure you can attest to some of them through your clients. What would you consider to be a reason for why many New Year's resolutions really go unfulfilled? I mean, I would think just the the way that we create them in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the resolutions that we decide to create, a lot of times we don't understand. <laughs> so how can we fulfill that? Um, so if you're someone who's you know, never been a healthy weight, and then you decide, okay, I'm going to lose... 60 pounds like well first off are you how where'd you get the number 60 from you know like and so or another example would be someone who considered themselves to be healthy in high school and now they're 30 and now they're like i'm gonna get down my high school weight again it's like well you're also a full-grown adult now who went through puberty like um i don't know in high school i'm not my high school weight right now i consider myself a healthy weight though Nowhere near my high school weight. Uh, I think if I was my high school weight, I would be worried. So, there's, same. You know, but I've talked to many um, men and women who are like viciously trying to get back to their high school weight, and and they just like that's a goal they'll never probably realize because it's not healthy. Yeah, what what weight class would you be wrestling right now if you were your high school weight is the question, right? Oh, man, 130s, 135s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wrestled 132 when I was in Yeah, man, you guys make me school. look huge. I was yeah. 165 in high school. Yeah. My senior year, I was 142 because they allowed the weight allowance and you get to bump up a little bit. Oh, very nice, mm-hmm. very nice. Yeah. 153 I graduated. I, it's amazing that I remember that. It's, it's many, that is actually really... Hundreds of years ago as that was. Yeah, I mean, Methuselah was still around at that time. It's incredible. <laughs> I can't, you, can't leave, you can't leave it open like that. <laughs> and eventually one day, I, just because of karma, if we're even going to pretend we believe in that, uh, it'll probably happen to me too. So, um, But yeah, no, I, uh, I'm nowhere near nowhere near my college weight was like yeah you're 35 pounds over yeah yeah like so i'm uh, you know i wrestled at 162 in college i walk around mm -hmm. now at 177 so like you know yeah Yeah, it's 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 interesting i mean i I don't know what i would do if i got back down to like my my high school even college weight like i feel like i was particularly like for my height i feel like i was almost like I don't want to say like malnourished, but I, I felt like, no, like I think I just, was. You're just kind of I really a, do. You're kind of a late bloomer. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Let's 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 hope that I stay where I'm at right now. A nice nice two oh five. I've been there for like two years and I'm okay with it. Um but uh yeah, no, I, I don't know. I just it, it's it's just unfortunate, like like kind of talking about all this, not in the sense that it's depressing, but in the sense that it, it's just such a I, I feel like it's a really simple switch that just if people were if they just slowly decided to do that, like just to make the small changes, I feel like a lot of people would be a lot happier. Um, self-esteem would be up in self-concept and self-interpretation and, and, and personal image and body image. We wouldn't really have the problems that we have in a lot of ways, especially with like dysmorphic uh, disorders today. I mean, there's a whole myriad of them, um, but especially within the health and, and, and fitness industry, there is a, there are just a ton. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's astonishing. 
Yeah, I would say majority of competitive bodybuilders have body dysmorphia mm-hmm. in some way, like or struggle with some type of disordered way of thinking about food too. And so a lot of times it's crazy is like we will, I say we, I mean like society, so health magazine uh, and Instagram in general kind of idolizes these people that we think are healthy, super lean, muscular, like 3% body fat um, on steroids or not. And we say like, all right, this is the picture of health. And it's so unattainable or unrealistic for the average person that people just decide not to go for it. Um, yeah. you know, um, or they think that if they don't reach that point, then they're failed. And then, so eventually they get tired of failing and stop and give up. Um, and it's one of those things where like, I definitely am not a bodybuilder. Um, that was never my sport and I'm fine with it. I'm cool with it, but it's the amount of conversations I have with other people about that. And even now with social media, um, I've been in crossroads with a lot of different people that I was just like, wow, um, it's, it's different. There's a lot of judgment out there and there's a lot of this, like compare everyone to, it's like someone's strong. There's always someone stronger, right? Oh, yeah. That's what you're seeing on Instagram is someone will post something like they're happy that they squatted, you know, their body weight for the first time. Um, cause they've just been into fitness for the last year or so. And they're super stoked about it. And then someone's like, well, I can do that. And I weigh more than you or, you know, so-and-so squats like four times their body weight. <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay, cool. That doesn't like, there's always that comparison factor. There's always yeah. that judgment. Uh, and people, I think either you let it get to you or you don't. Um, and sadly, a lot of people let it get to them. Well, people want to make themselves feel better by um, either they need to, they need to create a pecking order, if you will when they're viewing other people in society sometimes and it almost always comes back to some kind of issue with themselves that they're not dealing with correctly or, or systematically. And, and that's why I always go back to the same thing when I talk about any of these subjects is you got to get right with yourself because if you do that first, that every one of these things, even incrementally is going to be a, is better on people around you, better on yourself, better for your health, better for their, all those things come into play. Yeah, no, it's, and, and that's, I think the thing that helps me, cause I, there's, there was a time when I was, cause I still have like goals within like the gym that I want to reach, but there was a time where I would like see people do like these ungodly amounts of weight. And what helps me with that is like mass moves mass. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're really big, generally you're going to be able to lift more weight. That's just how bodies are structured. That's how things, uh, you know, biologically work. Um, unless you decide to shoot yourself up with some, uh, some magic juice, uh, which probably shouldn't do. And I think the reality is that, you know, working on yourself as well is not a one size fits all bandaid. It's not a one size fits all scenario. Um, but I don't think that that means that you shouldn't try. So I think anyone who's, who's considering making changes in the new year, rather than making resolution, make a, 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 like, what's a better word for commitment? Make, make like a, a promise to yourself. Um, speak to someone like Jordan, talk about, you know, how you could make changes in your life that will positively not affect not only you, but those around you. Cause that's at the end of the day, I think what really matters. Um, but I think one of the things that we should talk on in addition to that is, you know, so what can be done? And we, we've talked about in, in a lot of broad ways, you know, body image, positive, uh, positive body image, negative body image, how the impacts of health and fitness. I mean, what Jordan, what do you think can be done from someone who's starting at zero 
when it comes to trying to feel better within their daily life? Yeah. So, I mean, it really depends on what you consider starting at zero because everyone's zero is very different. Um, but if someone is, you know, not feeling hot, like they're honestly just a little depressed, they don't have the energy to work out. They don't have the motivation. I hear that a lot. It's like, I don't still have the motivation to start, you know? Um, sometimes a new year's is like a catalyst to get people at least moving. Um, but that can't be the thing that you rely on, um, to continue moving. Right. And there has to be something else. There has to be, uh, some of the momentum that you build, uh, and I think Cameron, what you said a lot earlier, um, about like, are you in or you're out kind of like hopping in the pool or not? Um, just, you don't have to have a specific goal, but have a direction that you're heading and moving into hmm. and think about the things that you do not want anymore and replace them with things that will push you in the right direction. So, and to look at your health and not just by the way you look or how other people perceive you, because like I think the bull and I were talking about earlier, um, there's the behaviors that are going to matter a lot more. Um, and so to start creating the, and adopting the behaviors of the person that you want to be more like, um, and if you can do that, if you create a direction that's either running towards something that you really want or running away from the things you no longer want anymore for yourself and start adopting the habits and the behaviors and the mindset of someone who is just that version of yourself that has that thing already uh, and start adopting them slowly and just know too that uh, I hear this all the time. People will make excuses saying that they're lazy, they're undisciplined, um, they're just not you know, strong in that sense that where they can say no all the time. Uh, just know that discipline is not the absence of wanting something that you, sh- you know, and, and, you know, it's a lot of times I'll talk to clients. They'll say, well, I'm lazy. And I'm like, you're not lazy. You worked out consistently in the last three months. You're not lazy. Um, you have a desire to sit on the couch and watch TV as do I, <laughs> but I'm not lazy either because we decide not to. Right. Same thing with discipline. Discipline's not an absence of, wanting to have the cookie. It's oh, wanting to have the no. cookie and deciding, you know, what would be better for me right now is to not have the cookie, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think there's so many aspects that go into it. Um, but it's this thing where you don't have to transform overnight and you won't. And it's good. Um, mm. Focus on the behaviors, moving in a direction and the journey and see where it takes you. It really sounds yeah. like you're advocating for having at least someone or a group or something to be accountable to as well, to keep you steering in the right direction. And that doesn't mean the, I, what I, what I heard from that is that point at somebody that can be the model for where you want to go. Don't, that doesn't mean it's got to be the supermodel or the, the, the top weightlifter or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's the person that you're accountable to. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And at the same time, too, um, this is where a lot of people get in trouble, is if you want to have the life of someone um, or have that aspect of something that they have, there's other things that they're doing or not doing in order to get that place. And are you willing to have those things as well? Right. Um, So a lot of times we'll look at the bodybuilder and think like, I want their abs. It's like, okay, cool. But here's the things that they're not doing to get those abs 
And here's the aspects of their life where maybe they're failing at too or struggling with. Do you want to have that person's struggles or do you want to have, you know, like, is there like, it's a package. It's a package deal. It's a package. Um, and that's why I said, there's a lot of body dysmorphia in bodybuilding and in, in the, that corner of the fitness sphere. And there's a whole different momentum of positive body image that comes from there. That's very different than the people who are overweight and got bullied in high school, you know, uh, and they come and collide and it's just, yeah. you know, it's craziness. Uh, and then you get the, you know, there's, everyone's got a different, you know, idea of where they've come from and what their struggle mm. struggle is. Um, and no one's struggle, I think is more important than the others. And because of that reason too, you can't compare. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just got to pick a direction and head in it and see where it takes you and see, and then you can start to realize, all right, cool. For me, this is awesome. I like these benefits. Um, but if you never become that magazine cover, that's fine. Like that's, that's totally cool. Well, a lot of it's on a, like completely unattainable naturally too. I mean, there's a, like a, as much as there's uh, sacrifices that like people like Chris Bombstead, you know, put forward or, or the rock, I'm not sure why people use him, but uh, the rock, uh, as much sacrifice that they have, they're also taking things. Um, well, and that's and, a sacrifice, right? They're yes, willing to take those things. Are you, then you're probably not going to be like them. And that's, that's a decision you have to make, right? Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate too. I've like, I've talked with like, you know, friends of mine and I've had conversations with Beowulf where like, and we've talked ethereal about this off, off podcasts for a long, long time. Uh, but it like the, 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 the standards, I don't want to like, cause I don't think like having standards for beauty is bad. I just think that people need to understand that a lot of those standards are completely fabricated. I mean, like I personally am not willing to uh, like as much as I think Arnold Schwarzenegger like around my age was jacked. Like I don't want to sacrifice the way that he has um, to look like he does today. He looks great for his age, but like he also like I'm sure has some things that are unspoken going on that he has to deal with because of his choices good or bad so uh, like i don't know i I just i think the best thing to your point is is to understand that everyone's path is different you know if you desire change you can create it if you know it's going to be difficult and you're obviously going to fail and and along the way you know if you stay consistent you'll be able to achieve your goals um especially if you intend on achieving them because earlier i know we mentioned that you know a lot of people set goals that they have standards that for that are rather flippant. They don't really commit to them. But I think if you commit, you can do it as long as you're aware of what the end result is and you keep it in your focus. But I think the best way to end this episode is to, to talk about a, a quote that I think was a, a pretty good one. Um, the person we believe ourselves to be will always act in a manner consistent with our self-image. Uh, that is from Brian Tracy. So uh, something to think about. But Jordan, I think it's been a really wonderful episode um, for our viewers and listeners. I hope this gave you some insight into you know some of the changes you want to make this year. Uh, everyone is on a different path. Everyone has different goals, different intentions, but all of us can commit to them and all of us can achieve them if they are reasonable and if we choose to be consistent. Jordan, where is the best place our listeners can view your content and support you? Yeah, so you can come find me on Instagram. So at Coach Jordan Writing. Uh, and then if you want to join me in Facebook, I've got a free Facebook group where I'm 
giving tons of value in there all the time. <laughs> I pretty much give every, everything you need in there to be successful on your own, um, outside of direct coaching, um, for free. So that Facebook group, um, is called sustainable fat loss, um, and muscle growth for mind, body, and spirit. Uh, and you can, again, just search that on search sustainable fat loss on Facebook and you'll, it'll pull up. Yeah. We'll make sure to put that in the, uh, the description of the episode as well as probably on screen, like a news banner, <laughs> just have it going around. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's been a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully viewers and listeners, hopefully you enjoyed it. And I don't believe I am said this earlier, but if you like our content, feel free to subscribe. We have new episodes every week, normally on Thursdays when it comes to auditory platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and then on Fridays when it comes to video platforms. We are on YouTube and on Rumble. We will most likely be on different platforms going forward in addition to those two because YouTube is being real authoritarian and starting to censor people for swearing because we live in 1700s apparently and I am a I Protestant made it through in England. I entire episode without swearing once. I don't think we swore Unless at all. You so you start it up right now. No, I'm just Mother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I hey. uh, hope... Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say between all these platforms, I hope there is more <clears throat> parody soon. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, parody. yeah. That. Oh, you're right. That is parody. the word. <laughs> Inside joke. Parody. Oh, oh, that's funny. That's very <laughs> funny. Uh, that's good. Yeah, it took you about an hour and thirty five minutes, but I, we figured out what the, the word chat, was. But nobody was paying attention. So uh, that's hilarious. Well, again, Jordan, this has been a wonderful episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'd love to do it again soon. Uh, I think we've got some more topics health related to talk about. Uh, I know we were kind of conspiratorial with the first episode, and this one's more of a I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't say it's more digestible. This is a, this is an important it's, it's big topic, and it really hits home for individuals because yeah. everybody has a viewpoint of themselves that is probably askew from where it should be. And and hey, part of this is trying to look at each other, you know, across from each other, without as much judgment, and look at the mirror with an understanding of who we are and where we want to mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I think that's that's about it. Uh, thanks again, guys, and we will catch you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Wolf and Bull podcast. Our team here at the Wolf and Bull and Damore Media are so happy you spent some time with us. If you liked this episode, please leave a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. A review will help grow our show, and we'd love for you to be a part of our family. If you'd like more content from The Wolf and Bull, you can find it at our Instagram, at The Wolf and Bull, and on YouTube and Rumble via The Wolf and Bull. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.